0: My <laughs> hello and welcome to day two of Oncology Professional Care 2022. Um, so we have a new guest today, Annabel. Um, hello, how are you?
1: Hi,
2: nice to meet you both. Nice
0: to meet you. So can you tell us a bit about yourself and what you do?
2: Yeah, so um, I'm a therapeutic radiographer by background. I qualified in 2010. So I've been working um, all over the country, but mainly I was working at um, Cheltenham and they had a satellite centre in Hereford. Um, I was the uh, technical lead across both sites um, up until March this year when I've taken a role um, and I'm now the project manager for stratified follow-ups for oncology in uh, y Valley Trust in Hereford. So my role now is to um, implement self-supported um, management pathways in oncology.
1: Amazing, we absolutely love featuring people who are therapeutic radiographers in careers that people don't necessarily realize that therapeutic radiographers can go into. Yeah. So it's amazing to hear that you're <laughs> in this role. So just going back a little bit, what got you into therapeutic radiography? Um, initially I was considering doing medicine,
2: and i absolutely hated chemistry and i was terrible at it (laughs) and it was very much a requirement of kind of going into medicine back when i was when i was training so i started looking around at what else i could do and i was doing a um an a level in physics right and we did a medical physics module and i would never even heard of radiotherapy i had absolutely no clue what it was and then i ended up down in uh, linda cancer center right uh, being shown a linac and i was like oh this is amazing look <laughs> at this machine this is great um and yeah that the rest of, is history yeah that's it but i you know I had no idea that there were people in my family that had, had radiotherapy until no. I did radiotherapy nobody mentioned it
1: that's really interesting isn't it yeah really interesting and we we see that quite a lot with patients that they they seem to talk more about chemotherapy or surgery but for some reason they maybe don't talk so much about the radiotherapy Um, and it's interesting from that perspective why those conversations yeah, and you don't see, you don't tend to see that I think featured in TV
2: shows and things like that. If someone's going through cancer treatment, it's always the surgery and the chemotherapy. They lose all their hair. Yeah, they look well, quite
0: ill. Once they had radiotherapy, but the doctors with their white coats were doing it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <So laughs> yeah, don't get me started. <laughs> and, like the gantry was all wrong. And everything, so yeah. yeah. So now that you work in it, have you been able to kind of explain to your family a bit more about it?
2: Yeah, and I think people generally have more of an idea, but you do get to a point I think where you've explained to the same person several times I don't do x-rays that's not my job do you get to people like yes yeah yeah yeah, (laughs) fine I do x-rays I I, I, yeah so
0: there is one thing about we talk about this quite a lot so there's all the allied health professionals but they always group us with diagnostic radiographers do you think they should split it into so with the photos for the AHPs, one diagnostic, and one therapeutic.
2: Absolutely, yeah. I think we we are quite under we're quite underrepresented, and even within the society of radiographers, there's very few of us compared to the diagnostics. And um, I used to be a um, sort of get involved in the delegates conferences um, with the SOR, and you try to sort of push through an agenda for a therapy <laughs> radiographer. But you know, even getting articles published in their you know, in sort of synergy and things like that was very difficult because the number of us that were actually out there producing material and, and being able to put ourselves forward was quite low. Yeah.
0: Have you been involved in any research and stuff so far?
2: Um not so much, no. I've I've very much been kind of on, on the front line doing the treatment sort of side of things. I'm hoping to be able to um, to publish a little bit once we've kind of got all of our pathways up and running, um to be able to publish some of the, the work that we've done and, and sort of show how that's been able to help patients and, and kind of get them out of the hospital and Back into you know learning how to live a normal life for them. So, yeah.
1: so, can you tell me a little bit more about your current role? What is it yeah. that you actually do? Because it sounds amazing, but I'm sure for a lot of people they're like, I have no idea what that Absolutely. actually entails. <laughs>
2: Um, So about uh, five years ago, the government published their sort of long-term cancer plan. Um, Part of that was um, the implementation of um, supported self-management pathways. So anybody that undergoes any kind of cancer treatment should be stratified into either professional-led pathways where they're coming back and seeing the consultant at regular intervals or coming back and seeing the CNS. Or they're given a little bit more of a, a chance to kind of take ownership of their own... Um, health and be able to come back into the pathway when they want to and what they found with quite a lot of research I know Prostate Cancer UK um, did a really big research study um, called True North back in about 2015 and they were looking at how we were able to um, stop patients from coming into the hospital and coming in seeing the consultant being told their PSA was fine and then having to drive an hour and a half back to wherever they live just for that sort of really short appointment and they found that a lot of people were holding on to issues they'd been having for several months just so they could tell the consultant at that point including things that were red flag symptoms and unfortunately people would then have progressive disease that we weren't able to actually treat because they'd held on to it for so long waiting for that appointment. So. With the supported self-management pathways, the patients are encouraged to contact their team when they need to, rather than when we want them to. And the idea with that is then that we pick up things that are a problem a lot quicker, and we're able to feed them into the right referral pathways. But equally, if they don't want to come into the hospital and they don't have any problems, we're not dragging them back in for nothing. And that's what my job is now.
0: I'm <laughs> very passionate about it.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I am, and I think you know I, I had very little knowledge of it until the the role became a, <clears throat> available. My my current line manager is also a therapeutic radiographer who sort of, diversified out of radiotherapy and had the chance to um, project manage on some um, pathway <clears throat> projects for the 28 day faster diagnosis. Yeah. And so she was the one that kind of showed us we had the opportunity to go and do things that traditionally the nurses were, were kind of moving into so
1: you need those role models don't you those yeah. real life role yeah, she models
0: she says this, like Joe doing a McMillan Clinical Fellowship yeah
1: <laughs> well, this is it <laughs> no, but it is it, you step outside of those boundaries where essentially you feel governed that you have to be working within a radiotherapy department absolutely and I,
2: when I started out what I saw as the kind of career pathway was you started off as a band 5 therapeutic radiographer and then if you really wanted to one day you'd be the radiotherapy services manager yeah getting paid very little to do a really (laughs) responsible job yeah absolutely and that was that was kind of all there was and we've had the opportunity for sort of consultant radiographers so people can sort of see those kind of avenues but even then you're still having to really focus on on being a little bit of everything. You've still yeah. got to be involved in the treatment, you've still got to be involved in the education, you've still got to be involved in the research but also you're supposed to be taking that
1: advanced role and not everybody is suited to every bit necessarily, are yeah. they? Yeah. But I also think as well that it's having that opportunity to work in an MDT where you get to promote the skills, knowledge and expertise of therapeutic radiographers Absolutely. and other people then go, actually, there's another role coming up and we've seen from... People who are now part of it are MDT, that therapeutic radiographers are capable of doing this role. Yeah, and when I'm sort of talking to a lot of the, the team that I was
2: working with previously, you know, they're asking how I'm getting on, and you do sort of have to say it's a it's completely different than yeah. working with a sort of you know a list of patients every day. But if you enjoy learning something new and something different, and you enjoy challenging yourself, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to kind of try those roles out because ultimately, unfortunately, at the end of the day. There's always there's always a job in radiotherapy. We're always yeah. desperate for people. If you don't like the thing that you start having a, having a go at, it's quite easy to come back into the, the profession that you've trained in, isn't it? Yeah. yeah.
0: What does the future hold for you?
2: I have absolutely <laughs> no idea. I'm, <laughs> I'm in a two year fixed term role at the moment, so you know, I've got another sort of twenty months left of, of this contract. And then I'll wait and see what kind of opportunities come up for me. I'm really enjoying the project management side of things, but I don't really want to leave oncology, so I'll just wait and see. Lots of things happening.
0: (laughs) If you had to give a top tip to anyone trying to look at in the area that you are, what would you say?
2: I would say that there's an awful lot of free learning on project management, change management, and um, to take the opportunity to do things like the Edward Jenner programme, um, those kind of management skills. There's also the um, the QSA um, courses that a lot of trusts are doing now. So the opportunity to get involved in any kind of quality improvement and to understand what quality improvement is. And quite quite frankly, I think like even even as newly qualified radiographers, I think people should be should be learning to do a little bit of that because it'll give them a, a bigger appreciation of what the people that are maybe a bit
1: more passionate about it are trying to do for them. Yeah. I'm going to quote you on my pre-registration oh, students no. and say, "This is why we get you to do assessments where you've got to project manage," and they're like, "Oh, all right." Yeah. <laughs> but it is—it's so important, isn't it? And yeah. great advice. So, thank you so much for coming to talk thank to you. us, and uh, that's all from us here at RadChat.